are so glad you guys are here this morning for our last Nest event of this school year. Um, Have some really fun and exciting things to talk about today. Um, But first off, we are going to start with some announcements. Um, First up, for our volunteers. Y'all, if you currently volunteer with us, you will be getting an email from Rachel discussing um, volunteering again for next year. But if you would like to volunteer with us, we need a lot more volunteers. So please um, check out our Facebook page. It will have the registration link for volunteers. Um, Also, it will go out in our e-newsletter. So keep a lookout for that and please sign up. We do need more volunteers for next year. Um, Next up, Nest at Night. You guys, if you would like to connect more with women here at the Nest um, and just develop closer relationships and get an opportunity to talk about topics more in depth, please sign up for a Nest at Night. We have several um, options for our northern areas, and then you can sign up for a Dallas one as well. So if something interests you in Dallas, feel free to go ahead and jump in down there um, or with ours up here in Plano. Um, We would just love to have y'all there. Um, Also, you guys, we are ready and rolling to get our e-newsletter up and running for Plano. Um, It is new. We just got it um, set up. So please go and sign up for the e-newsletter. This is how you will get information about our registration for our upcoming events, um, information for our nested nights, um, or just anything that's coming up over the summer. It's the best way to just get communication from us from that. Um, It will be on our Facebook page. Um, And also up here for you to um, sign up for those. And uh, last but not least, if you guys have got kiddos in our video today, if you see your kiddos show up in a video today, please come find me in the back. We need to make sure we get your permission slip signed and in and ready to go. So come find me for those. And I think that is it for now. If you guys would go ahead and do your um, icebreakers, we are going to share some um, fun family memories from your childhood. And then we will have our very own Morgan and Leslie up here in just a few minutes. I like to, um, um, uh, um, um, Going to the water park. We like to go outside in the backyard and play frisbee. I like to play games. Love Jesus. I like to play. Um, I made a stack of Liberty Puzzle. Um, I have a lot of dance parties. Playing puzzles. Um, shoes, balloons. Color. Eat ice cream. Like to play football. Do slingshots. I play football with my dad. I like bouncing on the trampoline for my dad. With my dad. Go ice skating. Play video games with my brother. I like to do science experiments. I like making mixtures. Going to park. Play. I like doing puzzles. After lunch, we always go to the ice cream place. Okay. I should do the um, two things. Mm-hmm. I like to go to football with my dad. I like to jump on a trampoline with my family. My dad and my brothers. I like to um, play basketball with my mom and throw the football with my dad. My family and friends. Mommy, my brother. 
and play with my mama with my mom. And the one play with my brother. I like to play with my sister. Play with my brothers. My parents. Play with my daddy. Play with my brother, my grandma, and my mom. And play with my brother. It's a bubbly. Batman? Yes. Dada, daddy. Oh, my sister, my dog. Sometimes my dad, my brother, my mom. Happy. Happy. on yay hello now, so that was really fun to do those were all plano kids by the way Woo! Um, so sign your form thank you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sue us later for some reason. for sure you're cute kid um no really i mean so what was interesting about that i mean your profound takeaways from this extensive research that we did on fun for children um we just found that gosh they were so easy to please i mean you heard on there uh throw the ball what were a lot of them and then puzzles I mean, who would have thought? Puzzles. Um, and then the other thing was, they love to be with their families, you know? And my kids love their friends and neighbors, and they always want to see friends and neighbors, like, every day. But when it came down to it, when we asked them the question, they love to play with mom and dad and brothers and sisters. So it was really sweet, especially at this young age. That's, that's security for them. So welcome to Reclaim the Fun Factor. I'm Morgan Buchek. Most of you guys know me. Um, I've been married to Brian for 14 years, and we've got four kids. Brayden is, uh, Brayden's in the red. He's seven. Brody's six. Brielle's our little girl. She's four. And then Bryce is two. And uh, we have one on the way due in November, but don't know the gender yet. So um, that's my family. And so about a year ago when uh, the Nest team was kind of planning our talks for this coming year, um, somebody had thrown out something about fun. And I was like, I'm all over that because I'm like, fun in my family is a huge priority for me because I really want my kids to grow up in a godly home that serves the Lord and has a lot of fun. You know, like those two things going together, I feel like have a lot of value. Um, And I immediately thought I'm looping in this gal right here because we've known she and Rob since 2008 and they are just solid folks. I mean, they are as real as it gets. I've learned so much from them. Um, And she and Rob just have a a great marriage and it spills over into their household. So you guys, um, she's got a lot of wisdom. You guys are really blessed to hear from Leslie today. So uh, you may know, well, I'll let her introduce herself. No, no, continue. You made me sound so good. (laughs) Okay. So I'm Leslie Berry and I'm married to Rob and, um, he is on staff here. Um, and we have four kids. So we have Jackson, who's 10, Benjamin, but his, we, everybody knows him as Bubba, is seven. Caden is four. And Becca, I think, is 20 months now. I can't keep up. I think it's 19, 20. You know, I can't stand the month counting. It drives me nuts. Um, so anyway, we, um, Rob and I have almost been married 15 years. And um, I don't know what else I was supposed to say about, also about this. Um, this has just been an honor and fun to do with Morgan. I think it's just... Um, you know, it, it, even though I have just the oldest is a 10 year old, um, it's fun to kind of just take a minute and dive into one subject and learn a lot about it. And so it's been an honor to do that. We by no means have the capital on the most fun people in the world, but it's been, it's fun to learn from each other. So that's been a joy to do. Yeah, so exactly. I, I find it ironic. I'm 13 weeks pregnant and I was like, I'm doing a talk on fun. I feel so unfun right now. <laughs> like, I'm just, uh, but, um, so the flow of today's talk, the way we're, how we're going to kind of, um, go today is going to go the heart, the head, the hand. So I'm going to spend some time in the beginning just talking about the heart of the matter, and I'm going to be on that for a while. 
Um, and then Leslie's going to take, okay, what's our job? What, how do we prepare from here? And then we're going to talk about what does this look like practically? Um, so that is that. So if we, you know, had a talk, I don't know what you were expecting when, you know, you hear, you see the title, Reclaim the Fun Factor. I think for me, I kind of thought of like, am I going to get in a clown suit? You know, you just don't know what, what's that going to be? Like, am I a juggle, figure out how to be super fun mom? But, um, ultimately a talk on fun or, Hey, fun things to do with your kids this summer or five ways to throw a really fun birthday party. Um, you can find that on Pinterest and Google, um, or just ask your creative neighbor friend. So you don't really need a nest talk on that. Uh, but the fun that I so bad want you guys to have, and especially for your kids to grow up with, is the kind of fun that just naturally flows from a joyful home. Because joy is a hallmark characteristic of the Christian faith. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, so easiest way to think of it, and I kept getting this picture in my head, is joy is like good soil. You sprinkle some seeds in there and you're going to get a variety of beautiful flowers that grow. Um, so that's the soil. But if, if that soil is like clay, it's like Texas clay, it's really hard to grow things. So fun is just a lot easier when there's joy. Um, so why is joy a hallmark of the Christian life? Uh, and you're going to see it's all over scripture. I would encourage you guys do a word study on joy uh, because, I mean, you can't read the Psalms for five minutes without just getting a sense of David's just exceeding joy and intimacy with the Lord. And you read the New Testament, there's just verse after verse. Um, you know, uh, let's see, I've got Philippians 4.4. 4. You guys have heard this a thousand times. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And this is a guy who was in prison and endured every hardship you could think of. First uh, Thessalonians 5, uh, be joyful always, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. No, I'm sorry, that's Romans 12. First Thessalonians 5 is be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So it's everywhere. So what do we have to be joyful about? The gospel, I mean, <laughs> bottom line, the gospel brings joy. Um, it is good news. Just the word gospel means good news. And what did the angels, I was thinking about this, what did the angels um, tell the shepherds when they announced the birth of Jesus? They said, behold, I bring you good news of great joy. A savior has been born into the world. And when you hear that, who are, who are the ones that are going to be the most joyful for a savior? The ones who know that we need a savior that I need a savior, that my sin is black and dark and it separates me from God. But if I'm one where I'm like, I got no regrets. I mean, sure, I've messed up a few times, but they had it coming or, you know, it's totally justified or yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really done anything that bad. I mean, relatively speaking, I mean, there, that kind of mentality doesn't get you excited for a savior. And I'll be totally honest. So in my early twenties, um, I've been, uh, you know, raised in a Christian home, um, heard the gospel from a very young age, accepted Christ young. But then I would say I haven't, I, I made a decision to surrender my whole life to the Lord when I was 18. And I got some sexual sin out of my life. And that was where I experienced the fullness of joy in walking in obedience. Um, and where am I going from that? But I hit a point in my early twenties where I went, okay, I know the truth of the gospel is my sin separates me from God. And I, and I stand no chance before God without a savior, but I don't, I feel like my head gets that, but I don't feel like my heart really sees that. Like, do I really believe my sin deserves hell without Jesus? And so 
that was like a little alarm bell in me where I was just like, God, I'm being totally honest. Take me to the place, get me to the place where I understand the gospel more deeply, where I see my depravity and my need for a savior so that this would be precious to me and in ever increasing measure. And I'm telling you, that is a prayer that God longs to answer and he has done it. And so I I see the gospel. Sometimes we think of the gospel as, oh yeah, I know the gospel. And now I'm moving on to weightier spiritual matters. Whereas I believe the gospel is a lifelong pursuit to know the gospel more deeply. We're never, you know, we get the gospel, we've heard it, we're good. No, 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 no. Like I want to understand the gospel, the truth of what God has done. Um, I want to understand it more deeply five years from now than I do today. And even more deeply five years after that. So that when I'm 75, I get it. And I see the Lord as more precious. And that fills me with joy more than it did at 55. More than it does at 35. So um, that is the gospel. And really, the three points with that on your handout, we've got our sins are covered. You know, there's nothing I can do to earn God's favor. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is good news, you know. And it's not because God is nice that our sins are forgiven. May I never forget it took the shedding of blood and a death that should have been mine um, to cover that. And number two, um, if I can trust him to cover over my sins, I can trust him with tomorrow. Some of you may have been here for Suzanne Sanderson's talk back in October on reclaiming trust. It was so good. We have nothing to fear, but God, we have nothing to worry about. And what do we know about our Christian walk? Okay, well, we know... um, where is it? Uh, we know James 1, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, for the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Okay, it's when you face trials of many kinds. So we know trials are going to come, and we know where to face them with joy. Uh, the second one is, I think I'm drawing a blank on that. Um, oh, uh, Hebrews 12, God disciplines those he loves like a father, the son he delights in. Okay, so we know it's going to be hard going forward. But Romans 8, 28 says God works all things for the good of those who love him. So in that, we have total trust and rest. Um, I have banked on that verse more times than I can even (laughs) describe. Um, Everything is for my good, even when it seems hard. Really, sometimes the hardest part about the Christian life is just waiting to see when he's going to redeem it. Because we go through something hard and we want to see it redeemed next week so we can sing the Lord's praises and tell that story to everybody, right? And sometimes it takes months and sometimes it takes years. And sometimes it's just not in this life, you know, but we trust him and we know that everything will be made right in the end, which is the third point. Let's see, I'll go to tomorrow and then eternity. So that's, yeah, so that's for um, no worries on tomorrow. And then for eternity, the next slide, uh, Paul says, Romans eight eighteen. for I am convinced that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to what's to come. And often we don't think about that aspect of the gospel is the resurrection. Everything's going to be made new. Romans 8 also says, Paul says, um, we also groan inwardly uh, waiting for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies for in this hope we were saved. And I hear that and I was like, what's, huh? I mean, I don't know how much I was thinking about the resurrection when I got saved, you know? And it just shows like, it goes to show we don't think about the resurrection and the hope that is to come often enough because this is a source of peace and joy. So I think I have on there also, maybe on the next slide, just the X factor. And a lot of you have experienced this. Maybe some of you haven't, but there is so much joy that comes from surrender. When you get to, maybe it's when you first got saved or maybe it's, um, you know, sometime after where you're like, look, my way of things is just not working and I don't get it, 
but I'm all in. I'm just all in to this Jesus thing. I'm just going to go for it totally. And the joy that fills your heart afterwards is something that is just so hard to describe to your best friend who's still partying or, you know, doing the lifestyle thing that you're going to leave behind. Um, and, and God promises that in his word. So it's on here. And I would say, Oh, the X factor. Great. Yes. Um, the other thing I was thinking of, I mean, our kids not full. I mean, did they not bring you so much joy? I mean, what a gift from God. So that's just kind of an obvious for us. So, okay. So if exceeding joy and gladness in the home should be a hallmark of the Christian life, why does it seem to evade us so often? Why do we feel like it's so hard to grasp almost like it's ephemeral? Um, so I'm going to give you four reasons that are basically my top four reasons. So I'm sure some of you may be able to identify, but there's hundreds of reasons and it just comes down to sin and distraction. So the first one, hold on, I'm going to move this. So I'm not looking over here. First one is busyness. And you knew I would go here, right? Um, we just don't have time to relax and enjoy our kids or even think about the gospel uh, because we're just constantly moving on to the next thing that needs to be done. You know, I know for me, like sometimes I get addictive, addicted to productivity. If it feels like the house is messy or I got to send this email, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I can't rest until these things are done until I feel productive and like I've accomplished something. Um, Lisa Turquist, uh, I read, has a phrase. She said, the rush leads to rebellion. And I read that and I was like, ooh, rebellion. That's a little harsh, isn't it? I mean, we're busy. It's just a season, which we all say all the time, right? Uh, but it's really true when you think about it, because what's the first thing to go when you're busy? Besides working out. <laughs> if that's ever in the picture. It's right, yeah. It's like... <laughs> Once a month. <laughs> Weightlifting, right, guys? No, 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 no. Okay, first thing to go when you're busy. Your quiet time, pretty much, yeah. Or just the, or even maybe you cram your quiet time in just to check the box. Um, you know, and secondly, it's going to be time just enjoying your family. And so that, when you think about that phrase, rush leads to rebellion, you can see it ring true. And it's straight up, you know, C.S. Lewis screw tape letters on just that distraction creeping in our lives. There is so much value, gals, in having just unstructured um, time at home with your family, with no TV, no media, no iPods. Um, but anyway, Leslie's going to expound on that later. But there is a, don't underestimate that, just, just time of just hanging out at home with your family. That's extremely valuable to your kids, especially when they're young. All right, number two, and this is totally my pitfall. It's a just negative posture towards daily tasks of motherhood. Okay, this is just flat out grumbling. Um, sins of the Israelites wandering in the desert. I don't know, you guys, I spent, so about a month ago, I was kind of in the book of Numbers. Hadn't been there in a while. And uh, man, that's another book. If you want to read, be thankful for a savior. Holy moly, God was really quick to enact his judgment on the Israelites in the book of Numbers. I mean, they were a baby nation just coming out of, what, Egypt? And... Um, you read it and I'm, and I'm looking at the Israelites and I'm going, that would have been me. I would have died a hundred times over. Like they complained because of the food they got, even though it was miraculous that he provided it every day. They complained they didn't have water. They said, we might as well, let's, let's go back to Egypt and be slaves. I mean, how insulting. Um, you know, they, they bowed up in pride against Moses. Why is God speaking just through Moses? He can speak. I mean, the God swallowed up a whole clan of people in the earth and I'm going, oh my gosh. I would have died. Like I would have totally would have dropped dead because that would have been me. But uh, and just going again, thank you for Jesus, the only thing you know that's letting me have reconciliation with God. But uh, anyway, back to daily tasks of motherhood. Um, it's just it's it's endless. It's oh my gosh, I've got to. 
I got to make dinner for you people again. I just made it last night. I just did lunch. I don't, are we out of snacks? Do I even have enough cheese? What's, oh, the laundry. Oh, good. It's been in the wash for eight hours now. I totally forgot. Put it in the dryer. I'm just going to ignore that. And you know, I mean, and then you do the laundry and then it's like the sock, the sock is in a ball. I just washed it. Look at this. It's just sand. It spills out. This is a just washed sock. You know, like who has muddy shoes? Who came in here with muddy shoes? <laughs> they just came yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it's, and honestly, there's endless opportunity for grumbling in life, but I think especially in motherhood, because we are, um, you know, we're spending all day with these adorable, uh, messy, ungrateful, you know, hilarious little people, you know? And so it's like, that's just an easy thing, an easy little, um, trench to get in is just the moaning and complaining as opposed to gratefulness. So, um, that is an easy, easy joy stealer. Uh, number three, and this is just where it gets tough. This is just relationship wounds guys. And this is hard. Okay. Because the reality is we know if your marriage is falling apart, it's going to be really hard for your heart to be filled with joy, you know, and for that to be spilling over into your family. Um, and to be, you know, honest, especially as women, I think, um, we have a harder time compartmentalizing relationship struggles. And the truth is if it's not one relationship, it's another one. It's either family drama, community group stress, um, just, you know, uh, marriage tension. Um, you know, and I read the Proverbs 31 woman and I think about her probably living in her little Israelite village. And it says she can laugh at the days to come, you know? And so it's like, I hate for that relationship stress to consume me at times. And the truth of the matter is watermark knows these are big snafus. These are, these can be really big pitfalls in your life. And that's why ministries like region meet here on Tuesday nights to help you untangle this ball of lies and, you know, habits that have just gotten ingrained in your thinking from who knows when, um, and re-engage for marriages. Monday nights, you show up, you've got free childcare. I think it's free. Um, yeah, free childcare. And it is a safe place to just hear great stories of redemption and have hope again with your marriage. Cause those are real struggles gals. Um, but to not lose hope. Okay. Number four comparison. And this is just a, a, a pitfall for women, especially. Um, I believe the root of comparison is fear. We're just, uh, we're, we're just afraid. We're not, maybe it's pride. I'm sure it's pride is really the root of everything, but <laughs> I haven't gotten that far, but, um, you know, it's fear that we're not doing enough or the things we are doing, maybe we're not doing them as well as we should, you know? And so we compare ourselves even with the people we love. And when we don't measure up the way we want to, we feel defeated, you know, and it robs us of joy. Now, don't get me wrong. Some comparison is good. You know, you, uh, you're curious, you learn, you copy, you grow. I mean, that's how most of us kind of get out in the world. We compare and then we, you know, we grow from that. Uh, but other comparison is a joy stealer. And that's just something for you to unpack, to go, what are the catalysts that rob you of joy in comparison? You know, is it Facebook? Is it certain feeds in Facebook? Um, is it, um, do you compare yourself to celebrities, you know, in, in looks and in physical fitness sometimes, like the magazine rack? Is it, uh, you know, your mother or some voice in your head that's telling you what you should be doing and how you're not measuring up? And what's that standard? Are there certain conversations that kind of send you reeling for a day that you just can't get out of your mind because you feel like you have to justify where you are or something like that? So anyway, that's for you guys to um, just really dig into. So ultimately these joy stealers harm our ability to engage with our family because they're either stealing our actual time or they're stealing our mind time. Um, And these become chains. They're not the yoke, uh, the light yoke 
of abundant life with Christ that he offers. Um, I think it's Matthew eleven eleven. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That is like water, that verse. It's like cold water. I mean, that's, that is absolutely one worth memorizing because that is what life with Christ feels like. Um, and so often we miss it. So at the times when I feel like I'm in these traps, uh, there's one verse I continually go back to. It's Psalm 51, 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And that just goes straight back to what we were talking about. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Um, and that's just kind of my confession and asking for him to get me back on track. So I want you guys to take 10 minutes at your tables to um, talk about, take five minutes by yourself to kind of process what are your joy stealers when you go home, what prevents you from just engaging with your family and having joy and fun times together. Um, And then process as a table for about five minutes. All right, girls, we're kind of wrapping that up and we're going to move on. So y'all just kind of finish your conversations the next couple seconds and I'm going to keep going. All right. So, okay, so we just did the whole heart part. We just talked about, Morgan just walked through, hey, here's your heart, here's the Lord, he's the true joy, and here's things that are stealing that. So we're heading to the head part. So how do we think about our little buddies? I mean, like, how does this translate at all to having a little kid that can't really talk? So um, that's the exciting part. (laughs) Um, So when I think about, like, others, when I think about anything that has to do with not Leslie Berry, I always go to Philippians 2, 3 through 4. You know, it's do not, um, do nothing else selfish or ambition or vain conceit, but humility considers others better than yourself. Well, um, do not only look to your own interests, but the interests of others. So basically when I'm wrapping this up and I'm thinking about my kids, like what's fun for them, I've got to think, hey, like it's not Leslie Berry fun. It's got to be Jackson, Bubba, Caden, Becca, like what's fun for them? And honestly, that can be painful. (laughs) for us. (laughs) Not for them, but for us. Because they just don't want to go drink coffee and like, look at like vintage stores and eat chips and salsa. Like my kids just don't want to do that. Like, mom, that's so boring. I'm like, no, it's awesome. So, um, so how can we do that? So on your little thing, it says, how do you find your kids fun button? And so Proverbs 27, 23 says, be sure to know the condition of your flock and give careful attention to your herds. So the first thing that Morgan and I, we were talking about this, like you have got to spend time studying your kids. So study your kids. Now this may be like, duh, I do that. But let me just tell you, I thought I was doing that. And whenever um, I had my first kid, my child, sorry, not a kid. Um, and the first five years that um, I had Jackson, I was working. And so the time that I had with him, I was like, I'm going to make this meaningful and quality. And I signed up for this music class that everybody said that was just amazing and that your kid's brain would grow and stuff. So I'm like, I got to be there, you know, because God knows I want my kid's brain to grow. And so I went to this class um, and every, all the kids would be sitting in circles in their mom's laps with shakers and shaking them and like little sticks and doing them. Jackson Berry had them on up high, running back and forth in the back, like, like crazy. And I went relentlessly for like a year. I should have not um, until the music teacher came up to me. She's like, hey, maybe you should try like Jimboree next year or something. I'm like, yeah, or the park. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I was not studying him. I was doing it because I thought I had to. And I don't feel like it, it definitely wasn't a blessing to me. And I think it was fun for him anyway, because I don't think he cared. But um, so how do we study our kids? So one of the, um, one thing I do, and these are just four on your handout, just four things. I'm going to walk through them real quick. Um, so I have this little red journal and um, it's for all my kids. So I journal my thoughts with the Lord. And then I also have a random journal that I wrote funny quotes that my kids say. Um, now other people may blog. I'm just not blogging. So I write my red journal and, um, things I say, sometimes I'll be like, Hey, what's your favorite? Like just put it random date. Like, Hey, what's your favorite color? Which I just want to know these things as they grow and change. Um, and it just really helps you kind of stop, write it down and process it. Um, and just pray. That's kind of a no brainer. But when I do stuff like this, it makes me stop and pray for them. Um, Another thing is read things specifically about your kids. So I'm heavy front-loaded with boys. I've got three boys um, at the beginning at the front of my family. And so um, this is my favorite book. Like, I can't pro it enough. Um, Wild Things, The Art of Maturing Boys. It's on your resource page. Um, so the reason why I love this book is because I have it tabbed. for the sta- It breaks boys up into stages. Um, and I have it tabbed what stages I'm in. And um, it has tips. Hey, here's how you talk to them. Hey, here's what you do with them. Um, fabulous book. Um, but finally... Find that book, that go-to book or books that really help you out. Um, watch who and what they are drawn to. So um, this is a big deal because, again, this is going to be things that you may not like. So um, I was joking with my husband because we're like, we could do this whole talk on our firstborn son. But, um, again, my firstborn son loves superheroes. He's 10, and this started when he was 4. And so um, he hasn't, it has not died. I'm, like, waiting for it to die and has not died. And, like, all the other kids, like, don't think it's cool anymore, but he thinks it's really cool. And so um, I know way too much about superheroes um, and secret identities and stuff. I also have to censor it. But um, it earns the right for me have that connection with his heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I know about like, there are four Robins. I don't know if y'all know this about Batman and Robin and like four secret identities. Because I know about that and can talk to Jackson about that, he knows I care about him. And that's a big deal. Um, And then the last one is get on their level. So with Molly's mamas, with little buddies and newborns, just lay on the floor. I mean, don't make this hard. Just get on the floor with them. Um, um, I'm also a speech therapist. I'm not practicing right now, but one of the things in all kinds of therapies is play therapy. And basically it's like, hey, take some toys out of the house and maybe have three different ones and just see where they go and follow them. Um, build language, build a connection with them. Say, hey, my kid likes to put things together. Hey, this kid likes to... Um, have toys interact. And you learn a lot about your kids just from being on their level. Um, Okay, so the second one is study others. So this one's a big deal for me. Um, This one, Morgan was talking about joy stealers. With comparison, this one is just huge. Um, This is the good part of comparison. I liked how you set that up. Um, In Romans 12, it goes through like all the spiritual gifts and everybody's gifted differently. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about how we're one body, but many parts. So that means Leslie Berry can't do it all. That means I've got to use my village of people. And so um, when when I see a mom just killing it in an area, the way I just lean into that and just like, I feel like it's a blessing just to be able to see the, to see that God's put that woman in front of me to be like, oh, I can do that. Or I can go talk to her about that. So the first point is just talk to people. Just bring what's going on in your life. You never know what other people have gone through personally or what their kids are going through. That could really just be a blessing just to walk through hard times together. Um, and the second one is be hospitable. So we love having people over at our house. And um, what I love about it, and I feel like is really cool about learning 
learning from other moms, seeing how moms interact with their kids. Um, it's almost better than going to a talk. I'm like, oh, I never, I never thought about doing that, talking that way or using that ver- uh, tone or redirecting that way. Um, and if you're like, hey, having people at my house is something I can't do at this moment. Like be that mom who's like sending the email out saying, hey, let's go to the park. Hey, let's go to the zoo. I love those moms. Like they like plan for me. And so be that mom and just be together. Um, you get your talking out and you just see, and you can help each other out. And it really just refreshes me. Um, but it really helps you understand your kid better. So, um, now we're heading it back to Morgan. Yeah, it's your turn. Done. I love the whole study your kid thing. That has just, yeah, been at the forefront of my mind since we are doing this. So one thing, if you ever see my son Brayden, my kids have, they're so into football cards right now, okay? And I'm like not, was not much of an athlete growing up, um, not super into sports, but I mean, he is so into that. And he's like, mom, mom, who, who are the three best wide receivers of all time? And I'm like, I don't care. You know, like, what's a wide receiver again? A catch? I don't know, you know, but I'm like, uh, Tony Romo, no, mom, come on. I'm like, I don't know. But anyway, so it's like, it's been a stretch for me to go, this is Braden Buchek fun. I got to enter in his world, even though I don't really want to. Well, And they'll call you out. They're like, you don't care about that. You didn't even just listen. I was like, oh, kind of. <laughs> totally. No, I totally care. Wide receivers, defensive end. Uh, so, um, yeah, and I, I'm like waiting for him to outgrow it be into this until he's like 18 I'm sure I'm like gonna be forced to know everything about football um so okay next thing we're talking about okay we're moving to the face not quite to the hands yet all right y'all are gonna be um insulted by what I have to say next but first you are the hold on let me find my thing you guys are the CMO of the house that's true you are the chief mood officer okay whether you like it or not so what's that old what's the old if mama ain't Praise. happy, nobody's happy. Mama ain't happy, <laughs> ain't nobody happy. I'm going to read you a quote if I can find it. Oh, this is so good. Okay, so there's a great book on your research page called uh, In This House We Will Giggle. Great. Um, she says, as CMOs of the house, we moms have some amazing superpowers. We carry delight and joy in our very fingertips and eyes. Our children crave our love, touch, and approval. They want to know we see them and we love them, even when things are going downhill. If the mood in the house is tense, we can assess if it's because we ourselves are too busy, too stressed, too critical, or too tired. Yeah. Okay, so the tone of my home is set by me, which is scary, right? But it's so true. I find the times when I am snappy at my kids, it's because I'm trying to get somewhere, or I'm trying to finish this email, or I'm trying to, you know... Like, I don't know, like, quiet, I'm trying to prepare for my nest talk. <laughs> like, yeah, anyway. But um, so the kind of the first, this is as basic as it gets, but start smiling. Okay, now that sounds insulting, but it is so powerful. Proverbs 15:30. a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. How true is that? You know, and I think about sometimes like the people that I love, like my, um, my high school friend, Katrina, she, I mean, whenever I think about her, my heart just fills with joy because she is just, she would just smile. I mean, she's just so smiley. She would always laugh at my jokes. She was just, she just was a joyful person and it showed in her face. Um, and she was just a blessing to be around because of that, you know? And, um, my friend Katie has a son who's seven and he, I mean, I just think he is just so adorable because he's just joyful. I mean, he's just happy. He just smiles when he sees you like a smile does a lot. And so when your kids wake up in the morning, Greet them with a smile, okay? It makes a difference. When you pick them up from school, greet them with a smile. So it's basically the difference of like, 
morning, pumpkin. What you want for breakfast? For good morning, sweetheart. How are you? I mean, this is looks. It's a bad example, but one of them basically says like good morning. The other one says I'm happy to see you. You know, and that means a lot. That goes far, even if our kids don't really internalize that right now. Uh, when you pick them up from school, that's huge. Um, and then I think we've said this again every nest talk. We've beaten this horse, but when your husband comes home go greet him. Stop what you're doing and go greet him. Hopefully with a hug and a kiss, but certainly with a smile. And it's not just for you and him, but so your kids see that, okay? Because that brings security to them to see, hey, mom, mom is going to go greet dad. Mom is going to go be kind to dad. Even if he's been out of town for like three weeks and you are, do not feel like getting up at all, you know, or whatever it is, um, just that extra effort. Sometimes when we physically make ourselves do something, the heart follows, you know? Um, so that's the first one. So, um, we're kind of going to get into sort of, okay, what does fun look like on a practical level? And we separated this into two categories. The first one is going to be everyday icing. Okay. Let's pretend like you don't actually make your own icing. You buy icing at the store. It's super cheap. You slap it on a cookie and it's delicious. Okay. It's the little fun things in life that make life sweet. They're, um, they're like no planning involved, usually spontaneous, low energy. This is just daily life, okay? And I gave a whole bunch of examples up there um, on just things I can think of, but you can probably think of a dozen on your own of just fun things that just happen during the day that just are just joyful that you guys smile at. Um, so I one, one thing for us, for our family, is uh, nighttime. Nighttime is our everyday icing. I hate having nighttime commitments at this stage in life right now, because usually our, our sweetest time as a family is between dinner and bedtime. And so we have dinner, we clean up, I try to make the kids clean up, you know, working on that. Um, and then we all just hang out, you know, and we try, we try not to have the TV on, but we'll all go sit on the trampoline or Brian will be out throwing the ball with the big boys and the little kids are on their little wheeled thingies out in the backyard. Um, or if it's raining, Brian will play a game with the big ones and then the little ones are jumping on the couch. I swear, all you need with kids at first is a couch. Like the amount of jumping couch playtime my kids have done like far outweighs toys, you know, in the beginning especially. Um, and, it's, and Brian and I go to bed those nights and just go, this is, this is so sweet. Our life is full. There's, there's just fullness of joy in this stage of life with our kids. And so, and it's just being still, not having a schedule and just being with our kids at night. So... Uh, so that is everyday icing, which, um, oh, and the great thing about everyday icing is if it takes, it takes just a little bit of creativity, but you could find one just mundane area of the daily tasks maybe, or something you just dread. Like, let's say it's bath time or, um, for me, it was cleaning up, you know, around five o'clock or maybe it's getting ready to go. And you can think of some way to infiltrate something fun into it. So it's not such a dread. Okay. Um, so one thing for us that we did was I found that cleaning up was such a beating because um, I could, my kids are with me all day long and the house is just a tornado starting at 9.30. I mean, people will come over at 9.45 and I'm like, it just got like this. I promise. It was totally clean last night. This is not, I mean, you would think we'd never picked up ever, you know. To, so um, I would say, um, so I was like, okay, I'm just, I, I can't clean up until, I'm just going to save it till like five o'clock, okay, when dad's about done with work. And so we do something called the five o'clock blitz. So I downloaded William Tell's Overture, which is um, the, it's the Lone Ranger theme. It's 
like real high energy song. And so I download that and the kids know, okay, I go, okay, Brayden, you go pick up that car and put it in the car bin. Brody, you go get those books and put them on the shelf. Brielle, find the sippy cups and the bowls and go stick them in the kitchen. And then they're supposed to come back to me and go, what's my next job? And I'm telling you, they bought it. They totally do it. I don't have to bend over picking up a thousand different things and barking at them to pick up. And then you tell them to go pick up and then they start playing with it. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is cleanup time. So um, anyway, so that has made, and then it's done in like 10 minutes. So I was like, thank you, Lord. I felt like that was just one way we were able to turn something that was just a dread, you know, that I, I didn't like myself because I just felt like I was so irritated with them. We did like a 180, you know. Adding music is huge. Music is big in our family. We do dance parties every day. Um, so that's one way to really lighten the mood. I'm a big believer in that. So, okay, other type of fun, creme brulee. So I don't know if you've ever had creme brulee. Creme brulee is not an everyday dessert, okay? It requires an extensive recipe. I believe a small welding tool to make correct creme brulee. You can go to the next one, yeah. Um, it's a... Yeah, this is more like high energy, planning involved, special occasion type of fun, okay? You're never gonna find me making a creme brulee. Never, <laughs> at my house. Um, but, so examples, vacations, birthday parties, major outings, holidays. Um, so these are things that require planning, but they're great memory makers for your kids. And my guess is in the icebreaker question, when we talked about like what were some family fun memories, a lot of you may have mentioned um, creme brulee type events because they'll stand out in your mind. Um, so I personally don't have a ton of great creme brulee examples in my family. I'm the one that canceled my five-year-old's birthday party because I just didn't really want to deal with it. It's like, yeah, it's been raining. I don't want we'll to, we got him like a Ninja Turtle car. We're like, he'll be happy with that. Yeah, no, that was like total mom fail. We made up for it this year. So he had, he had a big one this year. But um, yeah, creme brulee, like planning wears me out. I think, uh, I think it's just thinking like I have so many moving parts and I'm going to miss something. So I just get exhausted and I don't even do it. Um, but I don't really get a pass, okay? Because I really want my kids to have great memories of some creme brulee fun, of birthday parties, vacations, camping trips, you know, even if it's just do what I can. And so we talked about, you know, I have watched that comparison trap on there because there are some moms that are just, they make phenomenal creme brulee, okay? You go to those birthday parties and they have thought of everything or those vacations or those special things. I mean, and I learn from those moms, but I also know there's a degree where I will just get mad because I don't want to be doing X, Y, Z, you know? So it's like, I know my capacity and I know God's going to bless what I can do if I make my best effort. Um, but I, I, but I can't compare myself to the moms that just blow it out of the park every time. Cause that's just not how I made. Um, uh, so that is basically, um, yeah, those are kind of like the two camps of fun. I feel like I have more to say there, but I forgot. Oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. So one thing we've done um, past couple of years is we've gone to Pine Cove Family Camp, which has been such a treat because I don't have to make or decide on any meals for an entire week. So that is totally worth it. Um, but we, uh, I got to pack four kids and myself for a whole week. And there's theme nights, you know, which are a lot of fun, but... If I, I want to put, you know, if I want to, I'll be glad I put some effort into thinking of like the theme costume, but I don't want to, I don't want to plan. But that's again, where it's like, if I put in the effort, it is so worth it for us. So, um, that is creme brulee and Christmas she, card. And, yeah, Sorry. exactly. So Leslie's got some great examples of creme brulee and how she makes holiday, holiday traditions. And I'm trying to figure that out myself, but, um, so I want you guys go back to the five o'clock blitz example and think about one mundane area of your life that you want to infiltrate with fun. Um, and you guys talk about that for like 
seven minutes. I'll just go, okay, here's, here's the, what's always beating. Here's where I find myself always getting irritated. What, what can I do? And you guys talk with each other, share ideas, and go. Okay. All right. We're going to start, and we're going to land this plane, girls. I promise. Um, we are going to finish the last part of this talk with the balance of fun. So, um, so when Morgan and I got this topic, I remember I was like, oh, reclaiming the fun factor, that's kind of not fun because I feel like people have fun all the time. Um, and the reason why I think that is because I feel like we live in an entertainment-filled society. I just feel like, fun, what are you going to do for fun today? And my kids have actually prayed for fun. They pray for other people to have fun today. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So yes, we're working on that. But um, I think that's just kind of where my heart initially went when she told me about this talk. And so um, anyway, so we were kind of talking about like, it's fun. It's good to have fun, but fun has to have its place. There's got to be a balance. And so that's where we're going to finish out the rest of this talk is um, talking about some areas to work on so that fun can get its max potential. Because that, that's what we want, right? We want, we want all of this to be developed in our kids. We want gratitude, appreciation, joy, all that, discipline, and fun. And so it's got to have its right place. So in um, Ecclesiastes 3, 4, it says, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. God, you're just one perspective on life. Just get you some Ecclesiastes. Um, and know that, that there is a time and a place. And I was just talking to Morgan the other day, and I was like, what is that saying? Too much of a good thing is a... Uh, and for like a week, we were like texting. Well, I don't know. It's a bad thing because um, I looked it up. And so Shakespeare first put that out there in one of his plays in 1600s. And then, um, then there, Morgan brought to mind Proverbs 25, 16. If you, if you find honey, just eat enough, too much of it, and you will vomit. That's very descriptive. But isn't it true? Like if they get too much, this is just basically called being spoiled, right? Like <laughs> they just don't appreciate it. So what can we do to give fun its right place? And so we picked really two areas, and then we'll, have, we'll talk about celebrating well at the end, um, to really kind of cultivate in your kids so that fun can just blow it out of the water. And the first one is teach them to work or serve. And so um, why did I think this? Well, I, I always think like, you know, if you can think back when you had a job or if you're still working now or when you were in school or in college or whatever, and you had a project or a test. And I mean, in everything up to that point, I mean, you're, you're sacrificing stuff. You're like not sleeping, you're reading, you're um, not eating maybe. You're, you're just everything until you get to that test or that project turned in. And then after that, it's like, yes, I'm gonna have a meal. I'm gonna enjoy this. Like you celebrate well when it's done and it's better. But if you think about having that meal or celebrating 12 hours before, it just doesn't taste good. It's not, I'm, I'm not settled. And so um, that's why I want my kids to have that kind of joy, that kind of joy that you, comes from working and serving someone else. And so two areas you can kind of cultivate this with littles. Um, in your community. So um, mamas with little babies and little toddlers, I mean, I would just say, make it simple. You know, um, if you have a, everybody, if you live in a block, walk down the block. If you go on a morning walk and pick up trash or, hey, there's the um, paper on the end um, on someone's sidewalk, go put it on their um, front porch. And guess what? Don't draw attention to yourself. Just set it there and come back. Start talking about, hey, you can serve people and not get recognition. Um, doing those kind of things for kids. Watermark has an amazing um, ministry called Hands and Feet Ministry. Some really creative mamas who are really good at 
organizing and seeking out places, have, have it laid out. If you guys like that on Facebook, they have great, Lauren McDonough's like, uh-huh, she's like one of the girls doing it. Um, they have great ideas. Like they're like handing you an opportunity to do that's developmentally appropriate um, for your kiddo. Another place is in church. So it, whether you go to Watermark or another church, guys, there is so much blessing in serving the body. Um, I've served a lot with kids. I've kind of pulled back and served with kids the past like seven or eight years. And I love my kids seeing me serve in there. And now my 10-year-old gets to serve with the little buddies and um, he loves it. He'll, <laughs> well, he thinks he's awesome because he's like, they love me. And I'm like, no, no, we got to work on that. But, um, <laughs> but I want them to see that, you know, um, and it's really fun to know what they're learning. You know, like, I'm like, oh yeah, I know that song. Or yeah, I know that's the character trait you're learning. Um, so get involved that way. Um, and the second place to teach your kids how to work is home. So about four years ago, when my oldest, I guess is five, I don't know, started school, um, I started getting really frustrated with, um, I don't know, shoes and socks being everywhere, backpacks, jackets, pee on the toilet. I could go on unmade beds, just complete mess, like all the time. And I was like, like, how does one live? Like, we're about to enter this new stage. Like, I've got to teach them responsibility. And I just felt stressed. I was like, this is too stressful. I want to teach my kids to memorize the Bible, like passages or whatever and scripture. I want them to be responsible. I want them to stink and clean up after themselves. Um, and I want them to know about fun. Like everything has a place. And so after kind of doing what we did, studying others, I read a book um, that Kay Wama wrote. It's on, it's one of y'all's um, resource pages. Most of these books are referencing are on your re- resource page. Um, it's called Cleaning House. I talked to other mamas. I looked on Pinterest and just basically thought what would work for the berries. So um, what I came up with is a system called cotton balls. I know y'all are like, what? Um, cotton balls basically is a jar. <laughs> It's a cheap jar from Costco um, with cotton balls and pom-poms because I've kind of moved up and put pom-poms in there now. Um, But it's called, and each one of my kids have a jar. And so basically it's it's a chore shot on steroids is what it is. It's like... um, my, on my, their bedroom door, I have a chart and it has five things. I want my kids to do five things every day. I want, it's called hooks. Anything that goes on a hook needs to be on a hook, a backpack, a jacket. The summertime, we're about to be like goggles and beach towels. Like all that has to be on a hook. I don't want it on the floor. Um, we have a shoe basket. Just throw your shoes in the basket. It's not hard. Try it by the door. Just throw it in the basket. Bed's made. Um, oh, and wipe the pee off the toilet. I can't handle that. I got a lot of boys. And then um, scripture memory. And so basically how this works, those are five things they have to do every day. These are this isn't work. This is just living in the Barry household. And so Rob and I will be like, hey, five minutes to cotton balls. And we'll set the timer on the oven. And we'll be like, three, two, like we're just, and we'll sit on the couch and we watch them like run all over the house because their shoes are all over the house. And I can't stand when we're trying to go somewhere and it's like, I don't know where my shoes are. So that's why shoes are a big deal. Um, and so um, they have to put them all up. The one thing that has to be done in the morning is making the bed. And so um, they get five charts. I mean, five, um, they get five check marks on their chart. They get five cotton balls. Once this bad boy's filled up in our house, there's another jar. I like jars. Um, it's called the fun jar. And they are things that they thought of, which is fun to them, that I approved in the fun jar. They pull it out. And so like last month, <laughs> they got sunglasses and an Amazon book maybe. Most of the time it's Slurpees with a friend or ice cream with a friend. Um, um, Morgan made me remember <laughs> my son. I was like, hey, guys, I need y'all to think of some fun things. We're re-upping we're re, um, the fun stuff in the fun jar. And Jackson was like, um, so there's one I want. I want to do um, stay up late with you and dad, have that tea that y'all drink, and watch one of your shows. <laughs> I'm like, 
oh, <laughs> y'all are probably like, spend time with your kids. Um, <laughs> but I just thought it was sweet. I'm like, he just wants to be with us, you know, and drink hot tea, you know, um, and watch Downton Abbey. And so um, that's what we were doing. We literally drink sleepy type tea and we're, now it's over. So, um, so anyway, um, but it's, it's fun to know what they think is fun. Just like that video is just kind of eye opening. So, um, I don't know what's going to work for your family. I tweak this bad boy all the time. And half the time I forgot to put the cotton balls in there. Let's just be honest. So I'll just, Rob's like, have you put cotton balls in there in a week? I'm like, no, I just grabbed 20. I throw them in there. Like you have to be okay with not being and tweak all the time. Like, I know it takes about a month to fill that thing up. So usually the boys are like, oh my gosh, how did I get all that? And I'm like, oh, I haven't done it in a while. Um, so go easy on yourself, but don't give up because it really does pay off. Um, okay, so the second thing, and this is a big one for me that I think is important, is um, let them do nothing, okay? So I'm saying let your kids be bored, um, which is really hard for us, um, which is so funny. I went to a, a prayer group at the little, local elementary school I go, our kids go to, and um, I was where there was like seven other moms, and y'all, this came up, and I didn't even say anything. None of them even know I was going to do this. And I was like, this mom looked at me, and she goes, we just need to let them be bored. And I was like, amen. So this doesn't make me feel crazy. But um, I read this book. I just got through reading this book, Great, Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World. I highly recommend it. This mom is about a stage ahead of me. So she has junior high and high school kids. It's one of the best books I've read on managing screens and cell phones. And she has like a contract in here. So most of y'all may not be there, but uh, it's good um, to reference when they get older. But um, what she says in here, I'm going to read a, cro- a quote that she um, has in here. Um, she quoted another guy named Dan Kinlan, and then she responds to it. And what she says, he says is, compared to earlier generations, we are emotionally closer to our kids. They confide in us more. We have more fun with them, bam. And we know the science of child development, but we are too indulgent. We give our kids too much and demand too little of them. And then Kristen Welch goes on to say, um, it didn't take me long enough to realize that too many fun days made the boring ones harder to bear. And I'm like, preach. I mean, that's the truth, you know? Um, so I really think it's important that we just let them do nothing. And that means no, no media. So um, I don't, this probably wasn't a big deal in the 80s. So, but um, now it's no media. So the berries right now are going through um, but, uh, we, we do random like challenges for ourselves. Um, and right now it's, um, 2016, no video games, which is like crushing to my boy's soul because the reason why we chose that for our family is because, um, my oldest two got addicted. Well, we say addicted. <laughs> they, they say they're addicted. Um, out of watching it, playing video games one day a week. And when I say that, that means it captured their heart, minds, and soul. And when I see something that captures them and that's all they talk about, that's all they're thinking about, I'm like, Rob and I are like, we have got to pull that away. It's almost like an idol. So we have taken it out and, um, guys, they, they're, they're living. They're not dead. Although I have been told, it's funny that I'm doing this talk. I've been told by my 10 year old several times, like you, I can name 10 other moms that are more fun than you. I'm like, awesome. Great. <laughs> Save iPads and we don't. Um, and so, but I feel like this is necessary in order for him to be who he needs to be when he gets older. So, um, anyway, I don't know if you have the next slide up there of, um, okay. Yes, there I am. Yeah, that's me. Um, as y'all can see, I don't have short hair anymore. There's a reason why I have long hair and probably will till I die. It's because of this. So when I was little, um, 
And my parents were divorced. And so I would spend summers with my dad every summer. So if you guys can imagine, it's not like my dad had a fun list to do every summer. He was a single man that was a principal. I would hang out in elementary schools in the summer, like running around playing hide and seek and with my older brother. So in order to, because I had my dad didn't know how to use a curling iron. And so I had short hair and my mom would send me off every summer with a fresh perm. So I smelled like a chemical bomb. And so um, that's me professionally. And every 65-year-old woman, I was like, the envy. They were like, how do you get your hair to do that? And I was like, this is not cool. So um, that was me during the school year. And that was me um, hanging out with my older brother in the summer. And so I show you all that because those years, I really feel like those summers shaped me because my days consisted of me and Alan having nothing to do and telling my dad repeatedly we're so bored. And then we would walk down to this pond and Alan would act like there's a shark in there, which I believed. And he was getting taken down by the shark every day. This happened. And then he would make it out. And then we would walk to 7-Eleven and we would get a Dr. Pepper every day. And then we would walk back home and catch horny toads. That is all we did. And then I would spend hours under this willow tree just sitting there. But y'all, I have vivid memories. I don't remember anything else but those summers. And I I saw my dad just in the summers, really. So what that tells me is that God did something in me then. I really think that my relationship with the Lord really grew then. I learned how to pray because I was talking to my imaginary friends. I don't know. Um, But my dad actually actually asked for forgiveness not too long ago, Um, a couple months ago. This was so random. He's like, hey, I'm sorry I didn't do more fun things with you when you were with me this summer. And I was like, I got to reassure him. I was like, dad, it was perfect. So, um... I don't know why I'm going to cry. Bright lights, so I'm going to cry, but that was sweet. Um, we're going to move on. Um, okay, benefit of them doing nothing is sibling bonding. So I'm a big proponent of sibling bonding. I've got a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, a 4-year-old, and Becca's like 20 months or whatever, almost two in September. And so I literally have three years between all my kids, right? And so I've been, because I, I have like less than two years um, between me and my um, siblings and my family I grew up in. So sibling bonding was kind of easy. But for me, I wanted to make this like a priority. Like I'm like, I really want them to have a good relationship even though there's a little bit more space. So I only let them have like, this is like crushes my social, my huge social boy, one play date a week and after school. And I mean, it's just, it's just like, really mom? And I'm like, babe, you need to play with your brothers. He's like, I don't want to play with them. I'm like, you need to play with them. And so, because I really want to, I want them to love each other. And so um, I really kind of guard that and put boundaries around that. I got really discouraged with it and thought, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe I should let him be his own person until um, about a year ago, I went to a teacher um, meeting and we had to go over some academic stuff with him. And the teacher's like, hey, before we start, can I just say something? She's like, if my boys can love each other and talk about each other the way your boys do, I'll know I did something right. Of course, you know, I'm like about to cry. And Rob's like patting my leg under the table. And she was like, because the way he talks about Bubba, she goes, it's amazing. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'll keep doing it, God, you know? And so that was the encouragement I need. And I just encourage you guys to make, to give them time together. Um, Okay. So the last part we're going to talk about is celebrating well. So this is that cream brulee that Morgan touched on. Um, but gosh, I mean, in Ecclesiastes and really the Old Testament, I mean, they, they had like long parties, like when something went really well. And um, so like, how can we do that? Now, this is where that work comes in. You know, or like we're researching or we're putting on Facebook, like, hey, I need top 10 things to do at Disney or da-da-da-da. So 
girls, this takes time. This takes research. And we know that. Um, but I think it's worth it because like Morgan said, these are kind of things they remember a little bit easier. So, um, let's start with birthdays. So like birthdays at the Berry house, we kind of just do, um, and this is just our houses. I mean, everybody has to do this, but it's like we put the banner on the fireplace. I usually paint or draw different things that they love on there, put their baby book out because they love looking at themselves and talking about when they were born. <laughs> um, and they get to pick where they go to dinner that night. They get presents that morning. And then words of encouragement. This year we added just kind of like, hey, go around and say something you love about your brother. Um, what have you loved about getting to know them this year? And so that's been really fun. Um, and then, um, then they have a party. Now it's been... Guys, we have spent way too much money, and then we have spent nothing. We have literally gotten Nerf guns that we've had at home with bullets and shot them in the air, and boys have caught them, and they thought that was awesome. Water balloons, huge hit. That's cheap. So make sure you, this goes back to knowing your kid. If your kid doesn't want the big birthday, don't make them have it, you know? Um, that's, that's kind of where that studying knows where you can plan that out. Um, but you can do things on a budget. Um, holidays. So, um, holiday celebration. So I'm just going to take Easter cause that we just celebrated that. Um, and there's a picture that, um, I'm going to show you guys. So this is like one of the things that we did. I stole this off someone. I stole everything from people, but this was like on Facebook and it was a little bit different. So I've tweaked it for my family, but that's like a flower pot. And so the boys are in charge of making the Golgotha scene. <laughs> every Easter. And this year it's Legos because we have way too many. And so I'm like, go lose them in the backyard. And so they're in charge of making Jesus, the guys next to him, the guards, and then that where that stone is. And what I do on Good Friday is we put Jesus on the cross and then one of them gets to put, take him off the cross and put him in, in the stone and roll the stone over in the little cave. And, um, and then we do resurrection rolls on Easter morning. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard those, you can Google them. Um, but while we're making those and waiting for those, I go and I take Jesus out of the tomb because Jesus was seen by like four to 500 people after he resurrected. So there's a lot of people that got to see him. And so they put him, they don't hide him, but we put him like in the living room. So it's a Lego dude, so he's not that big. And so the kids can, hey guys, I just saw Jesus in the living room. And they run in there, who can find him? And whoever finds him, find him gets to hide him in the dining room. Not hide him, sorry, but put him in there. And so that was kind of a fun thing. We just had that this year, but again, tweak and grow with your kids. That's just one idea. Um, intentional vacations. So this kind of goes back to what Morgan's saying. I can't say enough about family camp. Um, it's expensive. Let's just be honest. Um, but I think if there's something that you can save your money for, especially with littles, this is a good thing to do that for. And there's scholarships. Um, so you can apply for, um, also I have really loved watching older families be intentional with their kids. So there's this family at the Dallas campus. Um, he runs the marriage ministry there, John and Pam McGee and, um, their kids, I would say they're young. They have four. Their youngest is probably maybe higher elementary. So they're older, but it's good to think about these things now. Um, And they really love baseball. So they did a three-week vacation. They planned out all these stadiums to go visit. And they were all intentional. It was like a big deal. And, and every, you know, it was very intentional. They all had pictures of the same place at all these different stadiums, which is really cool. Um, like this summer, um, uh, we're, we've gotten this from another family. My son studied Texas history in school this year. And so Rob and him are going to have a 10-year-old trip. And they're going to go to different places in Texas, like the Alamo, obviously, and just other areas. Um, just to make that a special time. I have friends that do special times for five-year-old birthdays or eight-year-old birthdays and pick them, but pick something that flows good with your family. Um, and then, oh, so another thing is just, this is kind of icing fun, but it's so good with celebrating. Um, family fun Fridays. So sometimes like on a Friday afternoon, if Rob and I have nothing to do, we'll be... Um, 
we just like shoo the kids from the neighborhood home. Let's just be the berries at home and let's go play in the backyard. Let's use what we have and have fun. We'll do a board game. We'll jump, jump on the trampoline. They're big wins. Um, throw the football, play basketball, just whatever. And then um, sometimes we'll watch a movie after that or order pizza. It's just us being intentional with our kids. It, I like to put titles on things because it makes me feel like I'm going to do it. It's Family Fun Friday. That means we're doing something. And so um, they like think it's awesome too. And I'm like, I'm just making it up as we go. So um, that's really good. Um, another thing you can do, I have it up there, is single them out. So um, as I've gotten, um, I have littles at home. I have two that stay home with me and two that are in school. And what I've discovered is that um, the, the big kids want to hang out with you without a baby on your hip. Um, and they still want, they still, they're still growing and they want that time. So I've, I have friends that do this really well. Um, and I'm just trying to implement and copy them as they do it, but, um, single them out, do something especially for them. So this could be just getting donuts in the morning. Bubba loves donuts. I mean, it doesn't take long. Just taking him in the car, me and him go getting donuts. Rob's still home. I can do that. Um, Bubba currently is obsessed with Whataburger. We've never taken him there, but he is dying to go there. I don't know why, but it doesn't matter. That's going to fill his love tank. So we're going to Waterburger next week. And so, um, you know, just whatever they're talking about, fill those love tanks and try to. And if you can't do it, set someone else up well to do it. So um, a grandma, um, an uncle, um, even like a family friend. I have amazing family friends that will be like, hey, I'd love to take your son to do this with our family. Great. You know, just use that. That's fun, y'all. And that's a good opportunity for them. Um, so this happened and this, so another sidestep is this, is setting up others well. So, um, my son got a paper sent home at the beginning of the year and it was like, who's your hero? Well, it was Rob, which was great. And, um, then it was like a three point, like, Hey, three reasons why Rob is your, you know, hero. So as I was reading it, I mean, I was like, Oh my gosh, like two out of the three reasons were things I told Rob to do with Jackson. And I was like, okay, who's the real hero here? You know? Um, and so I didn't say that out loud, but I did like have some thoughts like going in here. And, um, and then I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, I want Rob to be his hero. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like that, like we, we are going to have to step back at some point. Like our mom role is high at the beginning, but it kind of goes down after a while. And we got to set dad up well. We've got to be okay to be like, hey, guess what? You don't know this because you're not with him as much as I am, but this would blow it out of the park for him. And so that's what I do. I tell Rob, I'm like, you need to take that kid and do that because that's what he needs, you know? And it's well, and, and that's okay because I got to be okay with being behind the scenes. Um, and then, so I'm going to close it out here with, um, I have a picture. It's that picture of the boys. Um, so, um, <laughs> so these are my kids in my backyard. This, you know, it's been raining so much this last year, which is great, but it also is not good for my backyard. And so there's just this huge area where we just do not have grass anymore. And what's the point in planting at this point until they get older? And so we get puddles, like huge puddles. And so my oldest son, it, it's like, he loves, I call it life-threatening fun. So anything that's dangerous, it makes your heart feel like it's going to pound out. So the other ones just follow him. And so, um, so what's funny about this picture is like I posted this 
And this is where um, there's a difference between reality and hyper-reality. So the comments I got for this, like, oh my gosh, you're so much fun. It must be so much fun in your backyard. And I just was kind of like, oh, that's not what I meant. Like, I was just kind of like, look at this backyard. Might as well take advantage of it or whatever. And the hyper-reality is that this looks amazing. In this moment in time, they are killing it. Well, the reality, yeah, I'm killing it as a mom. And so, but the reality was, is that that kid upside down, Caden is crying. That is, that is not happiness. Um, Bubba is, is kind of smiling right there, but he's ticked because he got, he didn't get the swing he wanted. So I had to resolve some conflict right there, right? So the success rate of the three boys was a 30, that was a 33% win, if you want to be mathematical about it. And so, um, I don't know, like sometimes we try stuff and it's just, it just bombs, you know? And we're like, well, that was horrible. I'm not trying that again. We've done it several times since and they love it now. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and also I just want you girls to know, like everything you see, a snapshot does not mean reality. It is, it is taken reality and we do this in this world right now, especially with social media and we are blowing things out of proportion. And you know, Satan wants to seek, kill and destroy. He wants to take you out of your moments. Don't let something like that think, oh, she's, she's doing better than me. Oh, you know, no, no, there was though, that was a low success rate. Um, that's the reality of it. But um, I just want to encourage you girls, like, don't give up. And when I think about that, I think I have Ecclesiastes eleven six there. And it says, sow your seed in the morning, and in the evening least not your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. We don't know what, the, we don't know what's going to make them tick. That's the whole journey, the whole game that we're on. Like the beginning of chapter 11, Ecclesiastes is like, hey, God is like, hey, I know everything. You don't even know everything about you, much less do you know everything about your kid. But I don't want you to give up. Keep trying, mamas. Keep trying different things. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it will happen, you know, and just keep ourselves. Don't give up and don't um, be discouraged. Um, I'm going to end with, um, where's my last quote? Oh, I didn't even ask. Um, tell your story real quick about what your mom did so oh, yeah. well. So, uh, ugh, I could think of a couple examples. So shout out to my mom who's here in the back. <laughs> um, so when she talked about like vacations and then also just studying your kid and knowing what their fun button is, I think about this and it's just like a memory I just treasure because when I was um, about 11, I saw the movie Dances with Wolves and I wanted to be an Indian for the next two years. So I was obsessed with all things Indian. Like I had a jacket with an Indian on it. I would like sign notes that had like my Indian name. I mean, who does if that? If, I mean, totally. If your kids get like <laughs> caught in these weird obsessions, like don't worry. They, they'll Look get out of now. it. They'll turn out normal. Maybe. <laughs> Um, but anyway, but my mom, I had a spring break. I was on a different spring break schedule than my sister. And when I was like, I guess 12 in sixth grade, she took me up to Oklahoma and on a tour of a whole bunch of different Indian reservations. And I'm like, that could not have been fun for her, but she did it for me. Like she totally did my fun button. And so anyway, I just think about that and like, how sweet was that? I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I could do that with my kids. <laughs> like, no, 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 let's think of something yeah, else. So be creative and totally. don't give up. I yes, love, I love sure. that story. Well done, mama. Um, and then, so I'm just going to end with this quote. Um, it's from one of Kay Wama's books. Um, um, the one that says, I'm happy for you, sort of not really. And so in, <laughs> it's a funny title. Um, so 
This quote is from her daughter, actually, and she's talking to Kay about their staycation. So they, um, everybody went somewhere fun, and this typically happens with spring break. Like, we never go anywhere fun for spring break, but, um, and neither does Kay, so it makes me feel a little bit okay. Anyway, so they stayed home, and um, this is her daughter at the end of the vacation talking to her, and she says, I got to spend time with you, real time, and I loved going to the movie together, just you and me, and taking care of the boys, building forts with those huge boxes, jumping on the trampoline without having anywhere to be, riding our bikes, watching you and Jack build a puzzle over and over and over. It was so much fun and I'm glad we can have fun at home. That is just the sweetest thing. Like her daughter's really eloquent. So I keep on thinking, this is what my kids really want to say. But um, God, when you think about that, I hope you girls hear that it's just time. Just spend time with your kids. Please don't go get overwhelmed this summer. I mean, I sometimes have heart palpitations thinking about it, but then I'm like, you know what? Like it is, a, I can't control what's gonna happen. But um, I just hope you girls hear that God is the giver of joy through Christ. And he wants you to cherish this time with your littles because it, it really doesn't. The days seem long, but guys, those years are short. So cherish it, push through, and just thank you so much for coming to listen to us talk. I'm going to go ahead and pray us and we will be done. Um, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for Morgan and thank you for um, the nest and just how we can encourage each other to love each other well and to love our kiddos better. And um, I just thank you for Jesus and the fact that he came and saved us. And that is where we have true joy. Um, I pray that we um, go into this summer energized and just sit and take a couple minutes and um, process what would be the best for our family this summer. And it's your sons I me pray. Everybody said, amen. Thank you guys.